Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Host Plus has been named Super Rating Super Fund of the Year for 2023. That's a plus. Issued by Host Plus Proprietary Limited. Check the PDS and TMD at hostplus.com.au. This is Mornings with Ben Davis on SENQ. Vaughn into the windup in his first offering. Just a bit outside. He tried the corner and missed. Ball four. Ball eight. Low and Vaughn has walked the bases loaded on 12 straight pitches. Ah, there we go. That is setting the scene. G'day. Thanks for tucking into a dag with dog with me. People's Day at the Echo. People's Day all over the country. Thanks to the Matildas and People's Day at Red Hill. The Broncos have their aura back. 13 13 55 0467 736 736. It takes something special to knock the Matildas off the lead story, but Payne Haas has done just that. Broncos fans, you must be doing a lazo like cartwheel with this news. Surely the biggest contract in club history, three and a half million till the end of 2026, and the most important contract in club history. I'll explain shortly, but I, I think for where the Broncos are, where they've been and where they want to go, Payne Haas's signature is the most important since Wayne Bennett's in 1988. 13, 13, 55, 0467, 736, 736. He is the greatest prop since Shane Webke. So who better to talk about this than Webby himself? We'll hear from him before midday today. The question now, I guess, is... Can they afford Reese Walsh? I've got a double to give away to the footy this weekend. It's the only game in town, the Titans-Panthers, this Saturday night. It's a super Saturday at Rabina, and we've got doubles to give away to the caller of the day. Look, there is breaking news in the world of rugby league. Right now, the Australian rugby league, the ARL and NRL, are having a media conference on Caxton Street. It's to do with international footy and the games the Kangaroos will play at the end of the year. Front and centre of that, our man Mal Meninga, the Kangaroos coach. He'll join me in the studio after that media conference to step us through it. Who the Kangaroos are playing, where they are playing. That is a big factor in all of this as well. But look, let's get into the main event today. Walsing Matilda Wednesday. Move over Melbourne Cup. This is the event that will stop a nation like nothing we have ever seen or heard before. Soccer World Cup semi final. Australia and England, Matildas and the Lionesses, they'll make a movie about this. They will make a movie about this team. SEN's coverage tonight, live from 7 o'clock, every pulsating minute. You will not miss a beat. Download the app. It's the best way to listen to it. The country right now is dripping in green and gold. How are you consuming it tonight? At home? It's a public holiday, right? So, or are you going to a live live site? Have you been to a live site throughout the World Cup? What's the best? What's it like at South Bank? And if not a live site, what about a pub? What's the best pub 
in southeast Queensland to watch sport at? I'm going to kick it straight off and say the Sporting Globe. But is there any better? What's your favourite? And why? Is it because of the screens they've got? Is it the layout? Is it the food? 13, 13, 55, 0467, 736, 736. Uh, This match tonight is expected to break every single viewing record in the book. Right now, this is the most watched sporting event in Australian history. Away, Freeman out well, a mighty roar surrounds the stadium. Hogan Boyer wide sailing, Freeman, they're holding their stagger early. Graham's gone out strongly in the back straight. She's in the middle. So down the back, Cathy, three from the left. Graham's gone out really hard to Guevara. Freeman going strongly up to almost halfway. She's three from the top. You can see Graham inside of her, probably in front. Mary's having a good run. This is where Cathy exploded in Atlanta. Graham's in front of her. Freeman's got work to do here. There's about 150 to go. Guevara and Mary are right up. It's going to be a big finish. Into the slate, Graham leads. Freeman runs up to her, Mary inside, Kathy lifting, goes up to Graham, takes the lead, looks a winner, draws away from Graham and Mary. This is a famous victory, a magnificent performance. What a legend, what a champion. And what a relief. Eight million Australians tuned in 23 years ago to hear Bruce and then Paddy Call and talk to Cathy in the Olympic 400 final. Tonight, those numbers could be eclipsed. A new name etched into sporting commentary folklore. Do you know that name? You'll hear from him right here in about 10 minutes' time. Can you imagine that? The most watched sporting event ever in Australian sporting history. And we'll be talking to the man who is front and centre. Speaking of that... Speaking of commentary, let's get into this today. Who's your favourite from any era, from any sport, and why? Favourite commentary, not not commentary pieces, but commentators. Let's go back to Norman May. What about Gordon Bray? Fordo, Paddy, Bruce. Jeez, we know them by their names and their first names, don't we? 13, 13, 55, 0467, 736, 736. Your favourite commentator? Oh, cricket. Is it Richie? Or is it Bill? Maybe it's Tubby. Peter Siddle. Hattrick on his birthday. Uh, look, outside of the commentary tonight and what we're watching or listening to, there is the pressure. The pressure of a home semi final at a World Cup. There's only a handful of people in this country that knows what that's like. 20 years ago, the Wallabies hosted the All Blacks, the superpower of world rugby in a semi-final. Then they would win that and go on and host England in the final. A World Cup final on home soil. It's what is possibly facing the Matildas this weekend. But right now, they've got to get through the semi-final. Who knows that pressure? Well, Cathy Freeman probably knows that pressure. Outside of that? Well, the Wallabies of 2003. Before midday today, we'll hear from one of those Wallabies. He's our very own Matt Rogers. He knows exactly what every member of that Matildas team is going through. It's rarefied air. There is not too many on the planet who would know what it's like to host a World Cup 
and to be in the finals as that host nation. The pressure, is it suffocating? Is it all-consuming? Or does it lift you? And do you lap it up? We'll find out from the Rats before midday today. The other big game this weekend, and until the World Cup final, it will be the biggest outside of the Matildas. And I'm talking the Lions and Collingwood. The battle, 1v2 in the AFL, two weeks out from the finals, or two weeks out from the end of the regular season. This is going to be an absolute blockbuster. You've just heard Zorks talk about it with Paddy for the last three hours. I want to get a take on it from below the border, below the Murray. Jared Healy, very own, part of the SEN family, uh, legend of the game, as we know. W- what are they thinking about this? What, what, what are they thinking about the Lions? Are they thinking about the Lions? The beauty of what Chris Fagan's men do, Zorks' men's do, uh, men do over the last few years, they've flown under the radar. They ambush, they attack, and they punch above their weight. Are they being taken as the real deal in Melbourne? Or are they just a team from out of town that could be a nuisance factor? We'll find out before midday today. 13 13 55 is the number to be part of Queensland Sports' biggest conversation. Uh, or you can text 0467 736 736. It is People's Day. It is the Echo Holiday. The roads are a lot clearer. But the phone lines, they are starting to cramp up. The number you need to be involved. 13 13 55. And now, time for Ben's Snap Judgment. Payne Huss, his re-signing at the Broncos is the most important contract signing since Wayne Bennett in 1998. How about 1988, in fact? Get your years right, Benny. 13, 13, 55, 0467, 736, 736. Actually, even then, Wayne Bennett's contract, was it really a contract? He always told us it was a handshake deal he had with Paul Morgan. Uh, The news late yesterday that Brisbane had re-signed the hottest property in rugby league. It was a watershed moment at Red Hill, a a turning point. And I'd go as far to say the biggest moment at Red Hill since the second coming of Wayne Bennett. What? Adam Reynolds, Glenn Lazarus, Wally Lewis... Yeah, all big signings, major signings. But for where the Broncos are right now, where they've been and where they want to go, Payne Huss's signature, his commitment to the club until the end of 2026 is the most important signing the club has seen. They have never been this far from a premiership ever. 2006, Shane Webke's last game for the Broncos. That was the last time the superpower of the NRL won a title. And to put it in perspective, Webby's been reading the news at Channel 7 longer than he played for the Broncos. That's a sobering thought, isn't it? That's why Payne Haas's signature is the most important in club history. That's where they are right now. But what about where they've been? Well, they've been to the bottom of the barrel, the Broncos. The wooden spoon. Players deserting. Coaches sacked. That doesn't happen at the Broncos, does it? That happens at other clubs. But it's happened at Fulcher Road and and not in that distant past. That's been their reality for the last five years. Until now. Until the Kevolution. Kevy's come in and turned the ship. But the signing of Payne Haas signals that it has done a full 180. 
the Broncos have their aura back, don't they? 13-13-55-0467-736-736. The Broncos used to be a club where, where players took unders to stay. They'd trade their paydays for premierships, salaries for success. And those players will go down in sporting folklore. Lockyer, Tallis, Webke, Langer, Parker, Thiday, Walters. They all stayed for less money than they could have got somewhere else. They didn't chase the pay packet. They chased the premierships. But then the hemorrhaging started. Loyalty. It became a punchline and the Broncos became a punching bag. The players, they they nurtured, well, they turned their back on them. Taylor, Hunt, Sewer, Coates, Walsh, the biggest kick in the guts, David Fafita. He went down the road to the Titans. But then Captain Kevy returned, returned as coach. He had plans, he had dreams, he had a vision. But who would buy in? Would they buy in? Carrigan committed. Reynolds and Capewell, they came to town. Oates, well, he fought for his footballing life and still is now. He's an important part of this conversation too. But all the while, the big kid who grew up on the Gold Coast was cutting a sway through the NRL. He hit the scene at 18. He was six foot four and 118 kilos and he could run all day. Four straight Player of the Year awards at the Broncos. Only Alfie's won more Porky Morgan medals over the club's 35 seasons. The Poachers... Well, they soon came hunting, didn't they? 16 teams and rugby union, all waving seven-figure contracts in Payne Haas's face for a prop, a front rower. Million-dollar contract, 1.2 if we see the numbers, maybe even more if the salary cap goes up. And he is worth every single cent. Yeah, he's had misdemeanors along the way. Some, some serious, some life-changing. He even got booed by Broncos fans. Oh, my God. That was only 15 months ago. But to me, that was the catalyst for the change. And now, 15 months later, he's accepted the richest deal ever for a Bronco. Yesterday, when we spoke about this, you told me there were four or five other Broncos who you'd put ahead of Payne Haas. You want to think about that again? Or do you think the Broncos have blown it by blowing the budget to keep their marquee man. 13 13 55 0467 736 736. Uh, more on Payne Haas as the morning winds on. I met the 18-year-old when he'd just made his first grade debut. I'll, I'll tell you about that. I'll tell you about the kid that I know. And we know about his family's history. But I think that makes it even more impressive. The fact that he's got that going on in his personal life. He's been able to shelve it, put it aside, bury it, I don't know, compartmentalise and still perform at the highest level. Payne Haas, re-signing with the Broncos. Is it the most important signature in Broncos history? I think so. 13 13 Over to you. Host Plus has been named Super Rating Super Fund of the Year for 2023. That's a plus. Issued by Host Plus Proprietary Limited. Check the PDS and TMD at hostplus.com.au. This is Mornings with Ben Davis on SENQ. 
23 past nine. What a morning it is. The Eka public holiday. Traffic non-existent on the roads, where it was when I was driving in this morning. And we are about to engulf ourselves with one of the biggest sporting events this country has seen. I'm just looking at the text line here. Thank you for them. They're starting to light up. Lee, he said, Bill Collins, one of the best calls ever. That famous Kingston town line can't win from here. Uh, Paddy has also said, what about Bill Collins, Bone Crusher, and our Waverly star? Then there's the Kingston Town one as well. Favourite commentators. That's one of the one of the things that we are chatting about today, and we are about to speak to a man who's, well, very well going to etch himself into that that sporting echelon, that, that sporting folklore of perhaps the most listened to, the most watched call in Australian sports history. David Bashir will be calling the Matildas tonight for the Seven Network. David, a, a very good morning to you. No, no, no pressure, mate. You, but you could be the most watched person on Australian television tonight. No, Ben, there's no pressure whatsoever. I'm just <laughs> excited, mate. It's a great, <laughs> it's a great day for Australian sport. No, um, I think the Matildas have fully deserved their semi-final berth. Um, it is a huge moment. We all know that. You know, it's it's massive because the whole country's got behind a team that has showed itself to be real and, and you know, all the stories about the players have been accepted and, and hungrily sort of digested and people have really resonated with this team. So I'm just there to guide people through. I hope I do a good job. I hope I'm, I get everything right, but I'm I'm planning to enjoy it, mate. Well, so, so, so are we. How was it... The on Saturday night uh, against against the French, you've called a game. There's been no goals, and then it goes to a penalty shootout. It, it was an enthralling two and a half hours of television, and you were there front and centre. Yeah, absolutely. It was we should have probably won the match uh, within ninety. You know, Mary Fowler was so unlucky not to score. You know, she had three great chances and that long-range effort from Hayley Rasso. So it was all Queensland Mm -hmm. um, for that uh, particular match against France. But, you know, the French had chances. It was just seesawed. uh, And when when we got to the penalty shootout and Mackenzie Arnold saved and then she couldn't convert, I had a, you know, just momentarily had a sinking feeling in my stomach. I thought, well, there's the moment and it's lost. But they got themselves back on track and... You know, to, for Courtney Vine to come up after Mackenzie Arnold pulled off three unbelievable saves in the penalty shootout, including a retake from Kenza Daly, which was the most remarkable because retakes normally go the way of the penalty taker. Um, it was just stunning. And, and Courtney Vine, who's played, you know, football up, you know, with the Brisbane Roar, and, you know, she said before the tournament she's never been in a, in a crowd of 80,000, let alone played in front of one. So... You know, you just imagine the pressure on their shoulders. But they stuck to the process. They stuck to their self-belief. They've, all they've done is just listen to what's in the bubble. And the bubble is telling them they're good enough to go all the way. David, the Matilda's story has, has captivated us. And I know, it, I mean, your story as well, which I know you're bashful, I know you're humble, and you don't like talking about yourself. I've known you back through the, the 90s when the Brisbane Strikers and Frank Farina were, were kicking goals and creating history here in Queensland. But, but your career started back in the mid-80s, yet we are seeing you now front and centre. And knowing that you could... 
take that record from Bruce McAvaney, a fellow South Australian, that of being the most watched or listened to commentator in Australian sports history? Well, Bruce is working on the broadcast tonight, so I, I don't think that'll be a conversation between <laughs> between us. I'm not sure about that, but uh, I, I just think, you know what, I'm, I'm not, it's not supposed to be uh, false modesty, but of course I'm excited about tonight. And, you know, it's a privilege to call national team matches, whether it's the Matildas or the Socceroos, and it was an amazing run they had in Qatar, but it's all about the athletes. It's all about the team. It's all about the, the emotion of the fans, you know, I'm basically a conduit to all that. And obviously I've got to prepare the way I do and, and talk to as many people as I do. And I, I just love it. I love Australian football. I love what the Matildas stand for. I, I think they've become so relevant in Australia because the fans resonate. You can't feign this type of adulation. It's impossible. It's absolutely impossible. Mm. People connect with this team because of the struggle of the team to get where they've got to. And that's talking about, you know, mums taking three jobs to get their, their, their kids through football, not even knowing that they'd be a Matilda, but just to play the game. And, uh, you know, all those, all those stories have resonated strongly. And, you know, we're, we're punching above our weight. There's no doubt about that. You know, we're talking about England. Uh, the, the English players play not only in the best clubs in the WSL in England, but, you know, for Barcelona and Bayern Munich and all these huge clubs in Europe, you know, some of our players play in mid-tier leagues in Europe. It's a big difference. So they have performed uh, outside of their comfort zone. And with Sam Kerr not there, they've lifted and, 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 and you know, they've raised the bar, all of them, to get, get us to this point. And I think, Ben, I reckon Kerr will start tonight because I think Tony Gustafsson got enough out of her in the 70 minutes against France to realise that she is fit enough to do the job and... And a lead for the Matildas is the best possible scenario because we have a gnarly defence, four clean sheets. Uh, we've got the best defensive unit in this World Cup, uh, led by Claire Hunt, who's one of the most inexperienced at this World Cup. So if we can get the lead early, and I think the best chance of doing that is Sam Kerr starts, that is, that is going to be the ideal scenario for Australia. Outstanding stuff. We hope that does come to fruition. Mate, one quick one before I let you go. Uh, you just mentioned about our, our girls playing in different leagues and, and some minor leagues in, in Europe as well. As a commentator, can you peel back the curtain for us? The, the preparation that goes into this, how, how do you – I mean, you, most commentators watch them play in their different like, – that would be difficult when there's not as easily accessible to see them on a week-in and week-out basis. How much preparation has gone – into this for you, not only with the Australian team, but the, the other teams you've had to, to call, the, the, the Danes, the, the French, now the Lionesses? Yeah, yeah, there, there, there's a lot. And, you know, to give you an idea, it started six months ago. I reached out to my good friends in Denmark because Australia in the, in the men's have played Denmark in the last couple of World Cups. So I've got good contacts within the Danish commentary community and, you know, I reached out to them. It's always an exchange of material we help each other out yeah. um, the same with the Canadians Nigeria was a bit tough but a lot of their players play in decent leagues so it's not that hard to get vision and it's just about you know mapping out when they're playing watching as many matches as you can speaking to as many people and just getting the right type of stories it's, you don't always get it right but you know what you can do is prepare as, as best you can and that's what I've done so hopefully you know, it's not an overkill of information because that's what people don't want. They just want to enjoy the match and, and 
and let it breathe because it's their experience as much as, as it is yours. Do you prepare lines for outcomes? No, you know, I don't. You know, I prepare ideas for outcomes, what it means to a, a certain player to be back, what it, you know, a, a, a certain player having a, overcome injury mm. uh, and, and, and personal setbacks. All those sort of things come into the narrative, but I don't write down lines. I don't have a, a list of lines there. If it comes out correctly, that's great. Often it hasn't, and that's just the way of commentary. But, um, you know, it's just about enjoying the moment, really. I think tonight's about enjoying the occasion and, and just hoping for the right result. And we will be joining alongside you, mate. Um, good luck and good calling tonight. I know it's a, a big day in the history of this country. It's a big day in the history of all of us, and you will be front and centre, as I said. Appreciate uh, you spending a few moments uh, helping us peer behind the curtain of the, of the lead-up to this. Good on you, Ben. There we go. David Bashir uh, calling all the action for Channel 7 tonight. As I said, we're hearing so much about the Matildas, about the Lionesses, about this game. But just to hear and go behind the scenes of what you are going to hear and see tonight and the fact that it could break all records when it comes to commentary in this country and that man will be front and centre of it. I'm fascinated by that, and I hope you were too, by that chat, David Bashir, part of the Seven Network. Now, SEN, we're all over this as well. What about if you download the app, the Fanatics app? This is where it's fine. It's a Matilda-thon. This is starting in the next half an hour, so you've got time to download the app. SEN Fanatic, you'll find that on the app when you download it. It's a Matilda-thon from 10 a.m. today right through till 7 o'clock. Back-to-back Matilda replays of the games to date. We've got the interviews too. Following that, relive every heart-stopping moment of that penalty shootout against France. Can you you survive that? It's commercial-free. It's all on the SEN Fanatic app. Download it. It's the best way to listen to it. Uh, what's the time now? Oh, 9.33 on a public holiday. Vanessa standing by with the news. Host Plus has been named Super Rating Super Fund of the Year for 2023. That's a plus. Issued by Host Plus Proprietary Limited. Check the PDS and TMD at hostplus.com.au. This is Mornings with Ben Davis on SENQ. Yeah, so I guess the last couple of days have been a pretty big whirlwind for me. Um, probably the first time I've received attention like that. Um, but at the same time, I just tend to block it out because I know, to be honest, if I play like <laughs> tomorrow, it could be a whole different attention on me. So um, <laughs> I know the good comes with the bad. So I'm just sort of trying to take it in my stride and, um, yeah, sort of trying to block it out a bit um, and focus on the game tomorrow for sure. Yeah, there we go. Matilda's keeper, Mackenzie Arnold, the hero from the penalty shootout, speaking yesterday in the lead-up to tonight's game. Of course, the Matildas, you can tune into SEN's coverage of the FIFA Women's World Cup semi between the Matildas and England, live from 7 o'clock tonight on 6.93am and 16.20 the Gold Coast, as well as the SEN app. Uh, A surreal moment coming out of that media conference yesterday was when Mackenzie Arnold, the hero of the World Cup penalty shootout, was... Asked a question by Mark Schwarzer, who was working for Optus and, of course, was the goalkeeping hero of the World Cup penalty shootout, or at least the qualifier, to get into uh, the World Cup in 2006 against Uruguay. Surreal moment. Mark Schwarzer asking Mackenzie Arnold a question. Uh, that is the biggest match of the week. We know that. The Matildas England tonight. But come Friday night in the grand final with that, will be 1v2 on the AFL ladder. Collingwood and the Brisbane Lions, who have found themselves in second spot. Results have gone their way. 
Can they stay there? Can they lock it down? Can they get a home final in the first week of the AFL final series? They've got a good record against Collingwood and they have a good record in Melbourne, or at least at Marvel Stadium. All things are pointing towards the Lions. Well, that's here in Brisbane, but what about down south? What about in the Victorian capital? How are the Lions flying? Are they under the radar? Are they being spoken about much? Let's find out from my colleague at SEN. He's the co-host of Sports Day on SEN in Melbourne alongside Kane Corns. I speak none other than Jared Healy is on the line. Jared, very good morning to you. Happy Matilda's Day. Yeah, good morning to you, Ben. <laughs> uh, the Brisbane Lions and Collingwood. I mean, it doesn't get any bigger than this, does it? Friday night lights, prime time and 1v2 on the ladder. Yeah, outside of the Matildas, I think you're absolutely spot on. It's a, it's a game that uh, I think a lot of people are looking forward to, A, to find out how Collingwood go, given their uh, their runabouts in recent times, with the exception of uh, crawling across the line against Geelong. But also Brisbane, whilst they've, win- they've been winning, um, they haven't been winning that well. And they've certainly had their game challenged and they've been more forced into a bit of a scrap, you know, lots of stoppages, etc., which you would think has would suit Brisbane, but uh, they've sort of changed this year to be much more free-flowing. So there's some challenges for Chris Fagan and for some uh, Brisbane Lions players, in particular Lockie Neal, who'll uh, clearly get some attention. Yeah, and has been getting some attention for the majority of the year, and now there's no Will Ashcroft to deal with. Uh, a lot of uh, teams can paint him up. Jared, h- how do you see it? Uh, winning ugly, battle-hardened, uh, playing finals like footy a, a month out, that- that's what Brisbane have been doing against teams who are fighting for their own survival for the best part of the last month. Or do you look at it as, hey, they're just winning? W- w- which side of the fence are you on as far as Brisbane are concerned in that factor? Uh- yeah, look, it's a it's a good uh, it's a good question, uh, and and probably the answer is midway between the two. I really love the way Brisbane have played this year, but they've had their game taken away from them a, a fair bit. They've been the best free flowing transition side in mm. the competition for most of the year. They've got a forward line that's as good as anybody's. You get the ball in there, they generally score. They're good in the air. They're good on the ground. But as I said, they've been forced into this scrap-like uh, games and that strength has been taken away from them. I think the stoppages have gone from 60, which is about AFL average, up to about 85 in the Brisbane game. So they've been having to really change the way they've been able to score and their score level has come down to a degree. So look, this is probably giving them a great insight into what's uh, coming in the next uh, month or so with finals footy. It's only three weeks away now. And against Collingwood, it's going to be a similar story. Look, on that fast deck, if they are allowed to get free, then uh, they're going to trouble Collingwood. And it's a great insight just to see how the two are going. Because Collingwood aren't going that well themselves. They're, they're right off. They've been off for eight weeks and they're, they're looking for their best and they're looking for it without their best two players. Moore's out and uh, Dacos, as we know, is out and probably out for the season. So they're looking to reinvent themselves a little bit too uh, in, in the shadows of the finals. Jared, can I ask you, how, how is the is, is there much talk about the, the Lions in, in Melbourne? Or is it dominated by the others trying to make the eight? Where, where, what's the feel, the gut feel for, for Brisbane in the uh, in AFL heartland? Oh, very much in the race. Very much in the race. And, uh, you know, you don't talk about premiers without noting how good the Lions have been this season. and uh, But my, I think most of it is expectation and heaping expectation on Brisbane that, you know, if they're going to win it, it's it's not now or never, but it's certainly now is a huge opportunity. They are they are right in the window of uh, winning premierships. They haven't been able to get to the big dance yet under Chris Fagan, gone awfully close. 
But this is a, a year where, with the, with the unfortunate loss of Ashcroft, uh, they've got the, their best side, mm. <clears throat> excuse me, essentially in. And it's an opportunity. I mean, they don't come around all that often. You, you've just got to make make the most of this brilliant opportunity. So they're well and truly front and centre. Uh, they're not flying under the radar, if uh, that answers your question. But they are they are right there. Um, you know, they've got a great midfield. They've got a great ruckman. They've got uh, an excellent defence. They've got a forward line that, as I said, is as good as any in the competition. So this is an opportunity for Brisbane to uh, re-enter the glory days. All right, fingers crossed. 20 years since their last grand final, or sorry, since their last yep. premiership win, they did play a grand final in 2004 against Port Adelaide, which actually is a segue because part of that Port Adelaide winning team, I'm pretty sure he played, and that was, was Damien Hardwick, wasn't he? 2004, and now he is in line. We're hearing basically signing on the dotted line needs to happen for, for him to be coaching the Suns next year. Yeah. Yeah, I think we can take that one to the bank. Uh, that one's absolutely done. It's only a question of getting the marketing and the signing right. And it's a great appointment. I mean, you can't uh, deny Damien's uh, status in the game as a triple premiership coach, somebody who essentially brought attacking football back to the game. And for that, I'll, ever be, I'll be forever grateful. You know, the, the stodgy days of the chipping the ball around at left and uh, he reinvented the forward line with fast role-playing players, a bit like the way Brisbane are playing at the present time. And... He really did bring some excitement back to it. But that era is over, and there's a new era for the Suns, and it's a fantastic job to get. They've got three of the best 10 kids in the country going to join them next year. Mm. They've got a pretty good list at the present time. It's, uh, you know, it's exciting times for the Gold Coast. Joe, what, what do you think? Is it just the Damien Hardwick touch, uh, the, the, to, the tweaks to get them going, or does he need to reinvent the, the way they play? No, I think the reinvention has been done to a degree. Uh, Stephen King, I think, has taken them for, to from a you know contest to contest to contest side to one that's still at the contest but uh, transitions the ball. I think he's done a pretty good job. Foundation set by Stewie Dew. Um, they've shown over the last month that they're capable of playing a game that I'm sure Damien Hardwick is going to implement, something a little bit more free-flowing. He'll, he'll want to add a couple of players to the list, but... They've got they've got a hell of a lot of talent in that group, and Damien will come in. He'll set the standards. He'll he'll uh, I think take the club hopefully from a from a uh, you know second cousin up there to the Brisbane Lions to somebody who's uh, battling it out for equal territory. I I think it's a really you know within three years they could be a, a top four side. There we go. Heard it here first. Top four side for the Suns. Jarrett, I love that. I love the confidence, and that can only be good for Queensland footy and uh, footy across the entire country if you've got two competitive sides in Queensland. Uh, where are you yeah. watching tonight? What, what's what's on the menu at the Healy household, or do you go out? Do you catch a hat? What's, how do you watch the Matildas? Probably the same as uh, the shootout. Uh, I'll be on the on the couch with my uh, dog, Inca Marie. My wife's up in Sydney at this stage, so I'm, uh, I'll be bashing at home and... Uh, <laughs> In some ways, hoping for another shootout because that is entertainment that uh, you just can't buy. Oh, it's the, it's the worst feeling and the best feeling in sport, isn't it? It just makes yeah, you sick and, and, you, and you, you can't look away. All right, mate, appreciate the chat. Uh, we will look forward to Friday night's blockbuster as well. Outstanding stuff. Uh, Jared Healy co-hosts a sports day with Kane Corns uh, down at SEN in Melbourne. Uh, it is going to be a blockbuster in every sense of the word. The Lions and Collingwood, it is a big chance for the Lions to cement a top two spot, get a home final at the Gabba. Geez, if, if if Collingwood if Collingwood lose to the Lions, and then they've got to play the Bombers 
from memory in the final round, <laughs> the Lions could be minor premiers. Oh, do we dare to dream? Well, let's just get the McTilders across the line first tonight. 13, 13, 55, 0467, 736, 736. More on this developing story out of the West Tigers. Tigers and Tim Sheens, the five-year plan is off and Tim Sheens is out. Host Plus has been named Super Rating Super Fund of the Year for 2023. That's a plus. Issued by Host Plus Proprietary Limited. Check the PDS and TMD at hostplus.com.au. This is Mornings with Ben Davis on SENQ. What we've seen from the Canada game, really, which is like a knockout game for us, the last group game stage, all the teams that we've played against, they've crumbled. They've crumbled under the weight of the expectation and the pressure of playing in front of a massive crowd supporting Australia. So I think England um, will be very nervous. Hopefully that weight of expectation on England just puts in a poor performance for them and we can capitalise. Yeah, former Socceroo Matt Mackay yesterday on the program talking about what the Matildas need to do to win tonight, the tactics they need to employ, employ, uh, but also the pressure. We cannot escape from that. Matt Rogers on what a pressure is like. Someone who's been there and lived at a, a World Cup semi-final and home soil. You did it 20 years ago uh, with the Wallabies. I, I guess the difference there is the Wallabies, I was going to say were expected to win, but probably not against the All Blacks, were they? The Matildas against England tonight. The fairy tale continues. Of course, you can hear every single moment live on SEN. A 6.93am, a 16.20am on the Gold Coast. And, of course, the SEN app, Matildas in England, live from 7 o'clock tonight. I had the text through coming uh, – who did it come through? Oh, it came through from Murray about favourite commentators. And he said, whispering Ted Lowe. I, I had to Google. I had no idea who Ted Lowe was. This is Ted Lowe. The 21st series of Potlay. It's coming of age and all dressed up in a new party frock. Terry is well aware that this young man is completely tied up with nerves. Anxiously wanting to get back to the table. Can you pick the sport? There's a table involved. There we go. The click. That gives it away. Snooker. Edwin Charles Ernest Lowe, otherwise known as Ted Lowe, an English snooker commentator for the BBC and ITV. His husky, hushed tones earned him the nickname Whispering Ted. What about that snooker commentator? Murray. Thank you for that. You've opened my eyes. And here, after 30-odd years in broadcast media, I had no idea about Ted Lowe. 13 13 736 Keep them coming through. Uh, Favourite commentators, but also Payne Haas, the big talking point of the day. It takes a lot to knock the Matildas off the lead story, but it's exactly what happened late yesterday when Payne Haas recommitted to the Broncos until 2026. It makes him, or it makes it, that deal the richest in Broncos history. And I think the most important in Broncos history. What? Adam Reynolds, right? Wally Lewis, right? Glenn Lazarus, right? Well, yeah, all massive signings. But for where the Broncos are and where they've been, this is the most important. Payne Haas and his signature signifies that the Kevolution has done a full revolution, the full 180. We've been hearing about and seeing on the field that the aura is back at the Broncos. We are seeing the resurgence of Brisbane back into a superpower. But they lost Farmworth and Flegler to the Dolphins this year. Well, this year for next. 
So if the aura was back, surely the signatures stay. Players stay for less money, don't they? They stay for the premierships. They swap paydays for premierships. They they swap salaries for success. That is why Payne Haas's signature signals to me a turning point in the Broncos' history. Because only a few years ago, there was a wooden spoon. They were sacking coaches. Players were walking out. Players were deserting. They were chasing bigger money. And that's not what happens at the Broncos, is it? Where does it sit? Where does it resonate? Well, the man who held the mantle as the best prop of a generation at the Brisbane Broncos is Shane Webke. Now, Payne Huss has taken that mantle. But also, Shane Webke is... Well, one of the last, alongside Darren Lockyer, to hold a premiership trophy aloft. That was back in 2006. As I mentioned earlier, Webby's been reading the news at Channel 7 longer than he played football at the Broncos. Just let that sink in. It is People's Day at the Ecker, and Webby will be there. In fact, he was there yesterday with Trevor Gilmeister. Uh, we did a segment on the news sending these two lunatics out, and it ended in a, well, it was haunted houses, there were rides, and it ended in a wood shop. Webby, good morning. What the hell were you blokes thinking? Oh, Benny, Benny. When I agreed to do it, I did not really understand what was in front of me, and it started badly on that mad ride. Uh, and sort of descended into the abyss after that, uh, culminating in a in a chop off that many would have seen on our news last night uh, in the wood shopping pavilion. I'm uh, glad you clarified say, that. I was wondering where you're going. Yeah, what was the ride you got onto first, Webby? For those who didn't see it and are now trolling social media to find out <laughs> all the fun and games, what, what was, was the it ride? Called? I, I, well, I forget what it was called. All I know, all I know is it went bloody high and went round and round in circles. Was it the um, the de- not the devil, the uh, the Joker? Was it the Joker? The Joker. That's it. That's it. Yeah. Oh, let me tell you. Look, it's been a long time since I've been a rider or anything. Holy smokes! It just went every which way you think, and then it'd turn you around a different way. And oh, so they put, they set me up with a GoPro, and I was meant to I was meant to concentrate and be looking at you know because it was obviously on my right hand. And I had to stick it out so I could see Gilly. But I, every time I looked across at Gilly, he was holding on like he was about to die because uh, dead set felt that way. Oh, I kid you not, Benny. Unbelievable. And I'm glad you said holy smokes because you were saying a lot more than that on, on the yeah, on the footage, yeah. which yeah, was no, subtitled was, yeah. and beeped out. Yeah, yeah, there was a lot of beeping, put it that way. Mm. Um, milking cows, shearing sheep, <laughs> show bags. Yeah, it brought me, brought me back to my youth. Uh, it's actually funny milking a cow. When we were kids, uh, we always milked cows in the morning. So uh, when I jumped in there, it was uh, it was like a transformation. It was back in time. And then shearing sheep as well. I, this, here's a fun fact for you, Ben. Hmm. When I was a kid growing up, we grew up on a sheep and wool property, and I wanted to be a shearer. Anyone who watched me shear that sheep yesterday will know that I picked a different uh, career path for a reason. <laughs> It was horrendous. <laughs> was the wool pink by the end of it? Well, because <laughs> they don't, no, they don't I, take kindly to that. No, they don't. They don't. No, thankfully, thankfully, I didn't give them any mix or anything. But it was hardly what you'd call a stellar performance. Put it that way. Before we get into talk some footy, which is the reason why I've got you on, um, <laughs> you did go, as you mentioned, into a wood chopping contest, a contest with the axe, as in against the axe, Trevor Gilmeister. What were you thinking? 
Well, you know, I thought I, I thought I was on a hiding to nothing really because someone called the axe. Surely knows how to swing one. Turns out he doesn't. Turns out I beat him by about three and a half minutes. Okay, I'm, I, haven't, I haven't made a big thing of it, but yeah, there it is. <laughs> <laughs> Here's a funny thing though, Ben. We were very nervous about it because it was the, for those who didn't see it, it was the version where you actually see it. What they do is they secure a, a lump of timber onto a stand. You got to stand up either side of it, so you straddle it with your feet which means you're throwing the axe down toward your feet into the wood each time. And anyway, we get there and we're very nervous about it because it's, it's a daunting thing because it's very, very easy to hit your feet. And these axes, are, they are honed. They, they, are, they are very, very sharp. Anyway, so with all that in mind, we said, oh, you know, we're nervous. And they said, oh, don't worry. So they gave us some chainmail socks to put on. And they said, <laughs> right, put the, put the chainmail socks on and and they said it'll stop you. It'll stop you cutting your foot off. It won't stop you breaking it. If you hit it hard enough, you'll break your foot. But at least you won't cut it off. Imagine how relieved we were when we knew that, Ben. <laughs> oh, excellent stuff. Uh, we are speaking to the Woodchop Champion from the Echo yesterday, Shane Webke. <laughs> People's Day at the Echo today. Webby, you'll be out there signing autographs, getting selfies, getting amongst the people because you are the People's Champ. But before that. <laughs> You, you you were you you, know, you were a footy champion. Let, let's 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 make no bones about it. Uh, the best prop since you left the Broncos has just re-signed for the biggest deal in Broncos history. Payne Haas. It's uh, it, it's a turning point for me for, for the club. The Kevolution is here, and the one they really really wanted to keep, they've kept. Yeah, and I think you're right, Ben. I hadn't really thought about it in that context. But it does mark... What, that he's better than you? or, or the... Well, I know he's better than me. He's got no problem with that. Um, but it does mark uh, a turning point whereby once once upon a time what kept the Broncos very, very strong for a long period of time is the players didn't leave. They stayed. And oftentimes they'd stay for less money. I, I was one of them. And you stay for less money because you enjoyed the success of the club. Um, and I think... The recently in Payne Hearts, albeit I realise on the best ever deal, mm. but but not notwithstanding that he could have got that anywhere and probably more. Um, that he stayed with us, I think, is a, a pointer to the fact that Kevy's work is finally coming to fruition and we're becoming a club of a club of choice again. And that that will be married up with our success, hopefully this year in terms of a premiership. But I think um, for the years to come. People don't understand, Ben, it takes a long, long time to build a club that can win premierships because what you've got to have is depth and depth can only be achieved over a long period of time. And what happened with the Broncos some years back, we you know, obviously had some, some problems in terms of changing coaches and different things and Wayne left. All these big monumental sort of things happened to the club. And there was an interruption in the supply chain, if you like, uh, for want of a better description, of, of the players coming through. And what we've experienced in the last few years is a vacuum that was created with that talent not being lined up and coming through. And what they have done now is gathered up a whole heap of young players, put them through our system, and they're all coming to the fore now, and Payne Haas is one of those. Uh, that he has re-signed sort of marks um, a generational change. He's the generation that came through. Now he's going to be the leading generation. And I think that's that's uh, is a very good overture for the club. Have the Broncos got their aura back? That'll depend on this year. I think the I think it's building. I think it's building, but it's not going to be back until we win a premiership. And you have to say, Ben, that we are we are in just about as good a position as you get. We're going into the finals. Uh, that result against Parramatta last week was 
absolutely conclusive. Um, we're heading into the finals with form, with momentum. Um, it doesn't, and, and at this point, um, you know, staying relatively free of injury. Um, so all of those things are what you need to be able to get in there. So obviously the competition starts again when we get into the finals. Everybody says that, but that is the truth. It'll start again. Uh, and I think the likely, the likely, can, you know, uh, biggest risk is Penrith. But look at what the Storm did on the weekend as well against the Raiders. Um, so there's, it's a very, very interesting competition, but I'd have to say, the Broncos are as well placed as they've been any time since 2006 when we won our last premiership, which coincidentally was my last game for club. <laughs> well, they've never been further from a premiership. You've actually been reading the news longer than you had a first grade career. So exactly it's, right. <laughs> it, was a, it was a long time. Well, it was. It was a long time ago. It was 17 years ago. And, and you're right. They, they've made a grand final in 2015 and were one kick away from, from reversing that. But it has been since 2006. Webby, what about this? signing of pain inside the four walls, inside the dressing room. Can, can we put a price on what that does for this team for, for this year? Oh, look, I think, I don't think... It or is it inconsequential? I, 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 yeah, I, don't, I wouldn't say it's inconsequential, but don't read too much into what players will think about that. Um, I think the modern players too are, are very different in terms of they have a different attitude toward, and you know, loyalty stopped being part of our game some time back. Um, in terms of, you know, it's seen more as a business, and players, I think, approach it that way a bit more as well. And so I think whilst they'll be very happy, and and I think, you know, he 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 may well be a bit of a catalyst for other players who have decisions to make um, that he stays. There's no doubt players follow players, and they, and they want to play with good players. And Payne Haas is, you know like arguably the best player in the competition at the moment. And so therefore it will have a positive effect in the longer term for players making decisions. Will it affect them moving into this final series? I don't think so. I think they'll all be intent on doing what they were going to do anyway. And if, and if they've all got the collective mindset of we're going to get this done, um, pain signing or not signing would, wouldn't have affected that. And I really don't think it would have affected pain hearts. Um, I think you'd be relieved to have this out of the way. But as I said, modern day players are a bit different to what we were. Um, and I don't mean that in a negative way. Uh, they, think differently because they've been trained to think differently and I think they're able to to, to go out and play remarkably well for whoever they're playing for regardless of where they feel their loyalty's like. Uh, one last one before you go and wreak havoc on the uh, Dagwood Dog stalls <laughs> at the uh, at the Ekater, and I mean all of them. Um, <laughs> you you and I have spoken about this. You know my formula to premiership success, where you need an international front rower. That's a given, and the other part of it, you need three of the four of your spine. Any of those three need to be rep players. The Broncos don't have that this year. They've got Adam Reynolds, he's played Origin, Reese Walsh, but Ezra Mam and at this stage Billy Walters know. Is this the year that my formula gets busted? I think it could. Um I, and I think Adam Reynolds is the key. Um he's he's sort of I, I guess he's in between old school and new school. Um and also, I always get the feeling when you watch him play, he has the respect of, of the players underneath him. Um, and that's, you know, oftentimes, you know, just because you're the captain does, doesn't mean that you automatically, you know, have, it's a bit like the Alan Langer effect. Um, Alan Langer, for argument's sake, he, he didn't have the silkiness or, or, the, or that um, classical um, ability that, that Darren Lockyer did, yet everybody... And I mean, everybody who played under Alan Langer would, would have died for him in, in that sporting sense. 
And and I think that's what Reynolds has. And you're right in what you're saying in terms of, of those those big four or five players that you absolutely need. But I think what what the Broncos has got is is the other thing that sometimes comes into this is a curious mix of things that work. Um, you can't do it without good forwards. We have got good forwards, but you really need the leader, the the, the overall leader of the whole show who sets the tone, who sets the pace, um, and who sets the flavour of how you play. And that's what Reynolds does. If he's on song and they continue, uh, the forward pack continues the momentum and impetus that they've got, there is nothing that will stop us um, except ourselves. I've got tingles, mate. Thank you. Go and attack the <laughs> Ecker and uh, be part of People's Day, the People's Champ, Shane Webke. Absolutely. Thanks, Benny. Host Plus has been named Super Rating Super Fund of the Year for 2023. That's a plus. Issued by Host Plus Proprietary Limited. Check the PDS and TMD at hostplus.com.au. This is Mornings with Ben Davis on SENQ. Um, in terms of the crowd, uh, they're going to be massive for us. They've really grown with us throughout this whole tournament. Um, from the first game till the last, it's just grown and grown. And even outside of the stadium, seeing the amount of support that we have um, from all over the country has been absolutely unreal. And they're really like a 12th man out there for us. And I really do believe they've gotten us over the line um, on more times than once. Uh, there we go. Australian keeper, Matilda's keeper, Mackenzie Arnold, talking about the crowd tonight at Stadium Australia. It is going to be huge. Nearly 80,000, but the weight of expectations sitting on the Matilda's shoulders. Well, there's not too many in this country that actually know exactly what these players are going through except someone who I've got on the line right now. Because 20 years ago, he was doing exactly the same thing at Stadium Australia in a World Cup final against England and actually in a semi-final here at Suncorp Stadium against the All Blacks. Goodness me. The Wallabies hosting a World Cup final 20 years ago. Matt Rogers, a very good morning to you, mate. Does, that, does, that bring I, the, does this I, bring the memories back? Oh, it does. Flooding back, mate. The, the, the semi-final was in Sydney too, actually. Oh, so was it? Okay. Packed house in Sydney against the All Blacks. Yeah, 80,000 or 80 plus. But however many you could fit in there, they fit. They, they got them in there. And there were probably people sitting on the roof too. But yeah, um, yeah you, you, the, the weight of the nation, you feel it. But it, it's just how you accept it. I mean, I, I, we thrived on it. We loved it. I mean, we no one really expected us to get as far as what we did once we beat the All Blacks. Um, we just rode that wave of emotion, and you know I'm so excited for the Matildas. It's it's um, it's a once in a lifetime opportunity to, to play a World Cup in, on your home soil and have the nation behind you and and to perform the way that that these women have performed. Um, it's just garnered the imagination of the country really, and mm. and I guess we did a similar thing back in in 2003 and. Yeah, I, I, I'll never forget just uh, the, the, the messages that we got. Our team room was plastered with letters from kids from the country and rock stars and actors. And uh, it was, you know, from from the, the, the person out the back of Burke to, you know, the biggest superstar, you know, in Australia. You know, we were getting messages from everyone and it just it felt amazing. It was pretty special. Who were the rock stars that were sending you messages, Matty? Uh, I, I think we had... Um, Sam Neill, um, we had um, well, well, Tom Cruise was a mate of uh, was a mate of George Gregan, so um, he he was he was around. We had um, oh, who else? Um, how does, how does George, how does George Gregan and Tom Cruise get together? I'm, 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 this well, is a story in well, itself. Well, well, Brian Brown and uh, and 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 Griggs sort of lived near each other, so they were mates, and they, oh. they became like Tom and. 
Tom was was in that circle, and yeah, yeah. They, yeah so no, it, it was a bizarre time, I'll tell you. And, <laughs> and when you when you're at when you're at the peak of your powers in sport, um, what what you find is you know everybody, there's so many people would love to be in your shoes. You know, I mean, you, and and that's that includes people like. You know your Brian Browns and your Sam Neils and your Tom Cruises and your Powderfinger. I remember a, 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 a letter; it, it sticks vividly in my memory. A letter that Powderfinger sent to the to the group, and it was from Bernard Fanning. And it was something along the lines of with um, with 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 Wendell's um, charisma, with Lottie's dreadlocks, and with Matt Rogers' tattoos. You, you could be a great rock band. Go out there and, and rip it up tonight, sort of thing. You know, so it was um, it was a pretty special time and. Yeah, look, we we fell just agonisingly short in that final, but um, yeah, and it, and it's still like it's still one that I haven't really dusted off. But it, you know, just to have the support of the country, and even to this day, you know, I mean, and particularly, you know, over the last couple of weeks, um, you know, I, you know, people always say, oh, I remember that 2003 game. Remember where I was? I was down at the rocks, and we were in the live site. And, you know, people at the game tell me about their memories, and yeah, it's it's a it's a really fond memory um other than the the, the result um of my life i must say biggest game i'd ever played in that's for sure well the matildas are the modern day rock stars now and they'll be going through exactly those same emotions actually you know what right it just it just dawned on me it was scotland you played here in the world cup wasn't it yeah i remember it was. It. yeah yeah, yeah. too many nights at the normanby which was the the wallabies clubhouse of the world cup club. anyway <laughs> we move, move on let's get back to the matildas we, had a good group. we, had a, we enjoyed down times i can assure you that <laughs> yes yes uh, but Back to, back to tonight. The, the Matildas are saying all the right words. They're, they're, the, the coach, the players, they're all saying that the, the pref- pressure is a privilege and we wear it and the crowd lifts us. And we're, we're, they're saying all the right things. What are they feeling, Matty? What are they feeling? We're right now. Oh, what are we? Ten, we're 10 hours before kickoff. What, what's... There'll, there'll, be some, there'll be some anxiety and there'll be some nerves. There's no question about it. And, but they'll want it more than anything they've ever wanted in their life. I, I got to tell you, I mean, I know exactly what they're going through, and um, it, it is a great, it's a great feeling. It's it's you know like how 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 often do you, do you get to be in this position in your life? How often in your life do you get to go out and just put everything on the line? Like you just mm-hmm. don't get put in that position very often in your life. And this is their position. This is their time. Um, you know, we've got an outstanding team that they've come together so well. You know, with the, even with the challenges with Sam being injured, um, you know, it's just you know they've rallied as a, as a team, and and it's been so exciting to watch. I've been fortunate enough to get to a couple of games, and um, if they win tonight, I'll be down in Sydney on Sunday night um, for the final. So uh, incredibly excited. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll be glued to the TV set tonight. My daughter is a uh, soccer tragic. She plays um, fairly at a fairly elite level as a, as a young 15 year old. You know she's um, she's got her eyes on that Matildas jersey. And I'll tell you what, this, this Matildas team has done nothing short of inspiring a nation. And so many young young girls will be looking at that as saying, "Well, wow, imagine that that could be me." You know, so you know, good on them. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm excited for tonight. Oh, mate, we're excited too. If there was one thing, if, if you had to stand in front of this group, the Matildas, and from your experiences and what you learned from 20 years ago, is there one thing that sticks in your mind, one thing that you would pass on, one piece of advice, maybe someone something said to you, what, what would it be? 
Yeah, I, th- I think looking back, well, if, if I had to stand in front of the Matildas and say one thing, I would say go out there and win the game. Don't try not to lose it. Um, go out there and win it. You know, it's it's in in, in big games. You know, you, you see Ben like you know many times grand finals aren't great games. You know, the the big games aren't great games because you, you know players they sort of get caught up. You know, or they get the the, the the tensity of the it's so tense the moment that they don't you know just play freely and you know I would say just let it all out there you know back yourself and go after it and you know be a difference maker that that's oh. the key you know every one of them got to be a difference maker tonight and you know England uh, you know it just brings back so many memories England at Suncorps at, at uh, Stadium Australia I just yeah. Oh mate, I, I hate bumping into palms. Um, you who, can just stop that. You can just stop that through. sentence there. I hate bumping into palms, <laughs> mate. <laughs> oh mate, they're very good. They're, they're, they're very, uh, very good at reminding me of what went down in two thousand. Yeah, so, I know. Uh, yeah. I know. Good luck to the Matildas tonight. Good the luck to the Matildas, it. indeed. Exactly. Yeah, mate. The, the, the hairs are standing up on the arms after that, mate. Appreciate your insight uh, and the time, and we uh, we look forward to catching you and Sats tonight, Sports Day, SEN. Host Plus has been named Super Rating Super Fund of the Year for 2023. That's a plus. Issued by Host Plus Proprietary Limited. Check the PDS and TMD at hostplus.com.au. This is Mornings with Ben Davis on SENQ. I did make that decision. <laughs> um, it, I can say it was based on all the training we've done. We've done a tremendous amount of preparation for, for PKs, uh, both when it comes to goalkeeper action on the line and timing of that, which Mecca was brilliant at together with Tony and her own work has been brilliant preparation. And when they've taken PKs as well, Maka has been outstanding in training in terms of statistics and the way she strikes the ball. Uh, you can see how good she is with her feet as well and then her mental strength to that. So that was my decision, yes. Uh, there we go, Matilda's coach, Tony Gustafsson, talking about why he picked Mackenzie Arnold to take a penalty shot against the French. Uh, fifth, she uh, took that shot, didn't she? Sitting right next to her yesterday, it's going to be an epic match tonight. Let's hope it doesn't go down to penalties. Let's hope the Aussies can knock them off in regular time. You'll be able to hear every single moment of that action on SENQ. 6.93am or on the Gold Coast, 16.20am. Oh, of course, the SEN app download. That's the best way to listen to to it, the Women's World Cup semi-final between the Matildas and England. 13-13-55. Uh, that's the number you need if you would like to ask Mal Meninga a question. That's right. The Kangaroos coach is in the studios. We do it today all thanks to Maccas. <laughs> they are the proud sponsors of Little Legends supporting grassroots sport here in Queensland. Ah, yes, it's with great expense to the management on a public holiday and <laughs> Chemist Warehouse. Head into Chemist Warehouse for great savings every day. That I the, give you my taxi slip. The, <laughs> the Kangaroos coach joins me in the studio. Because, Mal, you, you've just come from Caxton Street, Gambaros. I did, I did Gambaros. <laughs> off in the pub, no. <laughs> Where there has been a fairly significant announcement. Yeah, no, it was great. It was great. Um, the Prime Minister was there, Anthony Albanese, Pat Conroy, which is um, the Minister for Pacific Development. And obviously Andrew Abdo, the CEO of the um, NRL, were there to launch um, the Pacific Championships at the end of the year and next year as well. So uh, really exciting stuff. Uh, as we would have read in the, in, the, in the news, there's a whole heap of years to come. So they're, they're sort of playing Ray right out to the next World Cup, which is in 2026 here in Australia. Um, yeah, so it's really exciting news. It helps all the, all the Pacific nations in particular, eligibility, availability, 
Um, it gives us an opportunity to, you know, plan our teams, plan our seasons, um, and improve, you know, for the culmination, obviously, to a World Cup um, in four or five years' time. We'll get into the nitty-gritty of the Pacific Championship in, in a moment, but just to have an international calendar locked oh, in, locked away. Yeah, it's sensational. So, yeah. Well, we, it gives them certainty. It gives us all certainty around what's happening. It's like a month month period um, initially, you know, through October and early parts of November. So everyone knows, all the clubs know, all the players know, all the coaches know what's what's in the, the pipeline, which is great. Um, and then the, obviously the planning that comes off the back of that um, helps everyone. All right, step us through it. Uh, it's uh, it's almost two competitions in one, isn't it? The Pacific Championship. Yeah, the Pacific Championship. So um, what they call the Tier One teams, I guess. Um, so it's Australia, New Zealand, and Samoa in uh, Pacific Championships. That's the sort of Tier One. Tonga's heading to the UK, which is great news. So so the, the Northern Hemisphere hasn't been forgotten. Uh, and then there's a, a, a second tier, which is Fiji. Papua New Guinea and Cook Islands playing two test matches, uh, or yeah, two test matches up in Papua New- in uh, Port Moresby. Uh, we've got two test matches in New Zealand and two match, two test matches here in Australia. So we play Samara up in Townsville mm-hmm. uh, on October fourteenth, and then we go down to Amy Stadium down in Melbourne to play against the Kiwis. And that's a part of it I like as well, Mal. I mean, as much as Brisbane and Sydney miss out. But you know what? You, you're taking it to, to regions. You're taking it to areas where, well, Melbourne growing the game. We know yeah. what the Melbourne Storm are doing down there. And, and Townsville as well, who normally don't get a taste of, yeah, of rep footy. New Zealand's been missed out a little bit in, in recent times. Not only through COVID, but, you know, just test matches over there. So uh, the Kiwis get to uh, host you know, Samara at Eden Park. So that'll be a full stadium at Eden Park, no doubt. And then there's a final series. So obviously based on the top two teams of that pool, um, they'll play a GF um, at Hamilton in Waikato, which mm. is where the Warriors were last weekend. They performed so well. So it's interesting. It's great. It's great. Like I said, there's great certainty in the international program and everyone can plan accordingly. Ever been to Hamilton? Ever been to Waikato? Yeah, yeah I have. Yeah. Yeah, no, uh, I haven't played there. I've stayed there uh, a few times, actually. So, yeah, it's a good good place to work. It's not far away from Auckland. It's just, no. down, the, just down the highway. In uh, wine country as well. In oh. good wine country and wine good country. horse horse country as well, <laughs> breeders around they, that they, area. They are mad there, the locals. There's a bloke, so the Waikato Chiefs in yes. Rugby Union are yes. based there. And they have a bloke who gets up in a cherry picker at the back of the stand, outside of the ground, behind the stand, with a chainsaw. <laughs> <laughs> and that's how he revs up the crowd with a ring, 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 ring from oh, a cherry seriously? picker. Yep. Oh, you're, 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 you're waiting for the punchline. But well, we got to, we got to get there first, obviously. So, you know, I'm looking forward to that. I, I don't know where his allegiances lay with rugby league, but that's yeah. what he does in Super Rugby for the okay. Waikato Chiefs. Well, they've got to come up with something there, I guess. So, <laughs> someone sitting on the sideline drinking good, good Waikato wine, I would imagine. You know, some nice reds and whites. Uh, very nice indeed. Now, as you said, it's got government backing too. You're making the international game stronger. The, the second tiers, they're they're playing. And yeah. and a huge, yeah, a huge Pacific focus, yeah, yeah. So the the federal government, uh, Australian governments, uh, allocated seven million uh, to you know put towards the Pacific region uh, in rugby league uh, as well. So it's not only players, but referees, administrators, you know, coaches. So we're sort of trying to bring the whole whole you know uh, rugby league um, atmosphere up in all the different nations. You know how it was successful it was off the World Cup. You know where you know Tonga beat us in nineteen and. It, the rugby league world exploded in Tonga. Then obviously the Samoans 
uh, made the grand final, the final of the, the World Cup last year and created global interest, which is, you know, there's there's heaps of Pacific Islands all around the world, isn't yeah. it? You know, so, but not only that, we've got Papua New Guinea, we know how passionate they are. And I made mention this morning, you know, I feel that if we can continually um, keep on promoting the international game, uh, particularly around the Pacific at the, at the moment, I think it can rival Origin as a spectacle, as, you know, passionate supporters get behind their, their country colours for a change, you know. Yeah. So, as we know, there's 50% uh, Pacific Islanders in, the, in our national competition. Um, there's, great, there's great representation from First Nations people, around the 14%. Um, so, there, there's, there's certainly um, the, the mix of, you know, ancestral nations uh, to create a, a really good uh, World Cup uh, program in uh, in six twenty six, you know, I think there's ten teams going to be involved with that, so it'll be very competitive. The beauty of this too, Mal, it's it's the men's teams and, and the women's and the women's, and the yeah. women's team as well, and, and we're seeing right now in this country what the Matildas are doing for <laughs> well, not only women's sport, yeah. but not and not, sorry, not just soccer, but the women's sport. Yeah, man, it's been absolutely phenomenal. You know, so obviously off the back of Matildas and and the uh, the support they've garnered over this, you know, the World Cup. Um, has been enormous, but you know the NRL double W girls are you know they're getting better. Um, just one netball, you know we cricket the cricketers are you know, tr- tremendous as well. So, yeah, I mean the the footprint for women's sport is getting bigger. Um, the good thing about our work, our uh, program, the national program, there's going to be equity in payments as well uh, between the women and the men's. So yeah, the women the women are still playing against they're playing against New Zealand and they're playing against. Uh, I think it's Tonga as well. Um, so they, there's equity. So whenever Tommy play a game of, of rugby league in the national space, the women are get paid the same as the men, which is, I think is fantastic. Yeah, unbelievable stuff. And, and, and that just promotes the game. That, 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 that allows them to be professional, train like professionals, yeah. and it lifts the standard. Not that the standard's bad <laughs> by any means. We're well, not suggesting that at all. Well, but the women's space, their, their standards have improved dramatically. Yeah. That's by giving them an opportunity. Yeah. It, and then it becomes think... aspirational for young Correct. kids. And we... We see the growth of, of youth soccer in Australia already yeah. off the back of the Matildas. You know, it's just, um, it's fantastic. And we are, a, we are a sporting nation. It's just great that men and women can get equal opportunity. Before we get into Payne Haas, I want to ask you, as a coach who's coached at a World Cup, your best player's been on the bench. You've been using them sparingly. And I'm talking Sam Kerr right here. Do, yeah. do, you, do you start Sam Kerr tonight? I would, I would with a good warm up, you know. So you look at, I, I don't know. I, I think you know, but what I know about soccer and the Matildas, and they've worked really hard and they've won games off the back of their defence, you know. So their 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 brick wall at the back back defending has been enormous. So um, maybe not, maybe not, maybe maybe you just if you think about it, maybe you just create that brick wall because you know England's going to come at you. They yeah. they play an exciting brand of of football. Um, and so maybe you need to defend that. That's what they did, you know, in recent game against um, who they played last time. Yeah, they played. No, they played the French. The French, yeah. sorry, yeah. the French who were you know very extravagant, and then yeah. they just defended their backsides off for that first bit of the period. And then obviously, then they they got into their stride a little bit. So it frustrates people. And I heard you, you know, talk to to Matty Rogers. It's about winning those moments. It's around mm. every moment in a game. And defensively, if you can frustrate the opposition. Um, and put them off their game, all of a sudden things start to open up. So you win. And that's what they say in, in, in sport. You win through your defence. Yeah. Um, and if you if you keep uh, battling away at that and, and win every contest defensively, well, then that trans, transcends into, you know, the attack and you, you, you may get some goals. So, 
Yeah, it's it's interesting. It, maybe at the, it's interesting because he's done such a terrific job, and he's been criticised sometimes a bit about how he uses Sam. But um, I think defence is the focus early, and maybe you put Sam on when it starts to open up again. There we go. We are picking the mind of Mal Meninga, Kangaroos coach, uh, the Maroons Messiah, the 13th Immortal. Mal, well, we can just keep talking it up at 14 minutes past 11 on People's Day at the Ecker, and it is People's Day around the country. We are dripping green and gold, not only because of the Matildas, but the Kangaroos as well, and the Jillaroos who will be in action, as we've heard, over the month of October leading into November. Mal, the... The biggest news, and it actually it knocked the Matildas off the lead story last night, was Payne Haas yeah. re-signing. Um, gr- great news for rugby league. Great news for the Broncos. A great I- decision yeah. by Payne and his management. I, I believe. I think it's the right thing to do. Uh, takes pressure off the club, the team, him, uh, as they lead into the final. So the timing, I felt, was was excellent. Um, and I think, you know, Payne... Payne Lives here, he, he, breathes, he breathes Brisbane, breathes Queensland, uh, southeast Queensland. I just think it's the right decision for him and his family's nearby. So, um, yeah, I think it's it's the best decision for him and, and, and rugby league in general. You'd be looking forward to having him in October too, wouldn't you? Well, I hope he's right. Well, I hope he's available. He wasn't available last year because obviously personal reasons and stuff. So I'd love to have him in the national side. Mate, he has he has put everything aside from him. I mean, he he got booed fifteen months ago yeah. uh, from the Broncos crowd, and and for me that was almost a catalyst for him. Things changed. He's changed management. He's changed a lot of management. But yeah. but whatever's going on in his personal life, and there's a lot, he's he's been able put to that aside. put that aside and just be so professional about it. And that's I think, and I suggested this morning that his signature could be one of the most important at Red Hill since Wayne Bennett signed on in 1988. Yeah, and Glenn Lazarus. In Glenn yeah, Lazarus. Yeah, but yeah, just stole, Wayne stole him from the Raiders. <laughs> 1991, it was October 16th. <laughs> yeah. I'm glad to we're see you. We're, we're on route up yeah. to Papua New Guinea in 1991 yeah. um, for, for two of the Australian team was going up to, to Papua New Guinea for a three-week tour. Yeah. It was the best three weeks of our, our life. Honestly, we, we had a fantastic time touring up in, 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 in Papua New Guinea. And we had to pull into the uh, – it was a private plane. We pulled into the Brisbane airport and Lazo jumped off for whatever reason. And we found out that John Rebo and Wayne Bennett were waiting for him in the in the terminal at the International Airport. Oh, really? And then he's come onto the plane. He's come onto the plane. He's obviously signed the contract and he told me, I'll just sign with the Broncos, mate. Sorry, I'm leaving the Raiders. There's a little inside story for you. In wow. 1991. So, but to go back to Payne, um, yeah. yeah, I think, I think um, he's an enormous signing. Signing and everything that he that he goes through personally, and he can put all that aside and go and play, you know, the footy football he does, rugby league that he does is extraordinary. And I reckon he can only get better because his his personal life can't be can't be all chaos all the time, no. can it? So eventually he's going he's going to settle down. Yep. You know, life's going to he's got a Young, young, young baby, great girl. So all of a sudden, life will settle down, and as he matures and gets more experience, I think he's even going to get better. So he's worth that sort of money. Uh, Mal Meninga, my guest, as he is every Wednesday. All thanks to Chemist Warehouse. Mal, what we'll do right now at seventeen and a half past eleven, we're going to take a quick break because on the other side of that, one of your World Cup boys, uh, Murray Tawalongi, is uh, going to be on the line from North Queensland. They, they have a fairly big match tomorrow night against the Sharks. Big. Yeah, yeah they basically, will keep their season alive. So um, have, have some, have, have a think, some yeah. questions to ask to Mus. Yeah, yeah okay. it'd be All fantastic. Right. No uh, an insight that you will not find anywhere else. Keep it locked here on SEN. 
SENQ, uh, 6.93 a.m. and 16.20 on the Gold Coast. And if you're listening on the app, wherever it may be in this great uh, state of ours, this great country of ours, in fact, it could be anywhere on the globe, uh, the number is the same, 13 13 55. Host Plus has been named Super Rating Super Fund of the Year for 2023. That's a plus. Issued by Host Plus Proprietary Limited. Check the PDS and TMD at hostplus.com.au. This is Mornings with Ben Davis on SENQ. 23 minutes past 11, People's Day at the ECA, and we do have, uh, well, People's Champ. I'm throwing that out, Mal, the People's Champ. I've been speaking to Shane Webke. I called him the People's Champ. I'm going to call you the People's <laughs> Champ as well. Uh, Mal, Mal Meninga. Who, who's, who calls himself the People's Champ? Oh, Usman Khawaja. So oh, he, okay. He, there, you go. He, there we go. Usman so he, <laughs> you're in good company. Uh, all thanks to Chemist Warehouse. You can try the new fragrance, DC10 Sport by Dan Carter, Mal. Uh, new and exclusive to Chemist Warehouse for just $49.99. Before we get to Murray Tawalangi, who's in Cowboys country, uh, Tim has texted Hey, Mel, would the NRL consider having an Indigenous team playing against the Pacific Nations uh, as well as the Aussie team? And that's from Tim up in Caloundra. Uh, My view on that, Tim, is that um, if you're good enough to play for Australia, you'll play for Australia regardless of what your ancestral background is, you know. So if you want to play for Australia, if you're First Nations, I think, and I think that's the the attitude of uh, most of the First Nations or Indigenous players that play in the comp, um, they want to play for the Kangaroos. They want to put that green and gold jersey on. Yeah, um, we've got the you know the Indigenous All Stars, which is fa- fabulous content, uh, yeah. concept, and you know obviously played playing over New Zealand, and, which is you know huge. Um, so I, I, that's my personal opinion. I think eventually, perhaps um, where you might just do an international game, not a Test match, but an international game where you do have that type of you know, concept. But uh, yeah, and I'm a fan of if you're an Australian. Um, and you're good enough to play for Australia in the green and gold jersey. That's that's who you represent. Yeah, well said, Tim. Thank you for the question. Keep them coming through. Oh four six seven seven three six seven three six. Someone who was good enough to and is good enough to play for Australia is uh, kind enough to give us some time on the phone now. He's uh, calling in from Cowboys Country. I speak none other than the Kangaroos. Well, he's a World Cup winger, but he's playing in the centres this week. Uh, Murray Tawalangi, very good morning to you. Hey guys, hey, thanks for having me. Hey Mazza, it's Mal here, mate. How you going? Hey, good, thank you, Mal. That's good. How, what's it like playing in the centres? From the wing, um, what's your preferred position? You reckon? Oh, preferred playing centre uh, growing up, but yep. uh, just got to do what the team needs, and that was um, playing in the wing. So, sort of felt comfortable playing in the wing, and now got a job to do to play in the centre while Val's um, out with suspension. Hey, you're doing a good job. You know, you should have told me that on the World Cup, mate. I might have put you in the centres as well. <laughs> yeah, no, nah, it's, yeah, nah, it's good now. Um, <laughs> got, a, got a game under my belt and um, hopefully I can do a better job this weekend. Hey, Muzz, that's a big rap from one of the best centres ever to play the game too. Now, tomorrow night is going to be, uh, well, it's it's do or die, basically, isn't it, for, for your team? No, no pressure, but against the Sharks, you, you've just got to keep winning to be any chance of playing in September. Yeah, exactly right. Um, for us, our main focus is week by week, and this week we've got to do a good job on the Sharks. Um, they've racked up a couple of wins back-to-back, and um, we're coming off uh, back-to-back losses. So for us, is to narrow our focus down and um, get our job done tomorrow night. Yeah, Murray, just on, on that, 
what is your focus tomorrow? Is it, is it around your defence? Is it getting that right, uh, getting that right you know, into the lead up to the the final series, or is it something else? Yeah, it is our defence. Um, we've leaked a couple couple of points um, in our losses, and um, all comes down to our mentality and whether we want to be playing finals footy and or, or not. So these next three weeks are, are definitely going to be a big challenge for us. Um, we're up for it, and yeah. Um, hopefully we can turn up with a defensive mindset tomorrow night and put on a performance. Mate, you, you've got a few things in your favour. Not only you, you, you've got the inspiration of Jason Talmalolo playing his 250th milestone matches, are always big for, for not only the player but his teammates. But uh, at home, I mean, it's just been a, a fortress for you, hasn't it? Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, we've also got extra motivation with, uh, the big fella's 250th. Um, he knows that we've got a job to do and he hates it, hates talking about it and especially about himself. So, um, you know, we're going to go out there and give it our best for him and definitely he's going to be a tough one um, up north. So we, we've got a, got a battle ahead of us with, uh, with our middles tomorrow and, um, yeah, it should be an exciting game tomorrow. So how does, how does Toddy keep you? You're sort of composed and calm. You know, obviously a big, a big occasion because the expectation that you need to win. Obviously, you know Jason's uh, big milestone. So how do you, how does Toddy keep you composed? Well, you just, you just sort of focus on what you need to do. But you know, through the week, how do, you, how do you go about you know preparing for this a game like this? Um, yeah, we sort of got uh, pretty level of coaching stuff. Um, you know, they try and make it make a big fuss about it all week. Um, they sort of know our expectations and how we like to go about the way we train and stuff like that. Um, but we have also got uh, good leaders in our club. We sort of know how the boys work and know what works best for the boys and what doesn't. So, um, yeah, this week has been pretty calm and relaxed, even though we've got big expectations. And, um, yeah, so we're pretty fortunate in that area. So what about the Sharks? Muzza, obviously on the back of two wins, uh, two great wins, beating the Rabbitohs and the, and then uh, on the weekend as well, uh, beating the Titans. So, are there any focus on there, or is it just about yourselves? Yeah, definitely. We've um, sort of looked at the team, and you know they've got a very attacking flair in their backs and in their forwards. So um, we've obviously noticed that. But uh, all week we've just been focusing about ourselves and trying to improve what's. Um, what hasn't been working well for us. So we're trying to really work together on that. And, yeah, that's been our main focus this week is just um, ourselves. Mate, one final one before I let you go, or before we let you go, um, the inclusion of Jeremiah Nanai. We, we, we weren't expecting him back for a while. That, that, must, that must give the team a massive lift. Yeah, it definitely is. You know, he's still young, so um, that probably helps with all that healing stuff, being a young fella. <laughs> um, but you know him, he's, uh, he's very eager to get out there and I think he's missed I think, three games or three weeks um, through the of his injury and you can definitely see him um, jumping out of his skins this week at training, being back with the boys. So, um, yeah, big inclusion for us. You know, he does a lot of the little things right for our team and um, all the boys are definitely excited to have him back in the team. Uh, outstanding, mate. I really appreciate your time. And I love how you're calling me a young fella. But you're only <laughs> exactly. 24, mate. Yeah, exactly. So. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. Uh, he makes me feel old being around him. <laughs> oh, please, Muzz. I've seen you in action, mate. So, 
Um, yeah, so, yeah good, good luck this weekend. Thanks, Mal. Thanks, fellas. No worries, mate. Murray Tawalungi from the North Queensland Cowboys playing in the centres. Uh, a big game tomorrow night to kick off uh, to kick off round 25 because uh, they must win against the Sharks. Again, they're playing for the Paul Green medal as well. Mal, we've just got a text through from Mick up at North Lakes. He said, should we also send the women's team to Las Vegas just to show that both, show the US, right. both genders can play what as hard? Idea. What a great idea. Yeah. You know? So, I mean... Obviously, it's a very costly exercise, um, and um, it's the start of hopefully something great. You know, we're, we're kind of hoping. You know, so um, I think that's an excellent idea, though. You know, maybe not this year, but certainly look uh, towards it in the future. Particularly if we can get, you know, the women's game is growing. You know, yeah. each year, those you know, ten teams in the competition. You know, obviously, the ultimate goal is to have seventeen or eighteen teams, regardless of. So every NRL club has a men's and women's team. I think yep. that's the ultimate goal, and. Eventually, if that does happen, well, then, yeah, I think the men's and women's team, particularly if it kicks off, it takes off. And um, there's obviously a lot of support for it over there as well, which is important. Well, let's talk about your team and, and the women's team with the with the Titans. Yeah. Um, they were undefeated coming into last week. Jeez, it's tight at the the top of the ladder and they've got a, a big battle on their hands. It's a top-of-the-table clash, basically, against the Roosters uh, this Saturday. Yeah, it's a big game for the club. Um it's interesting, um, you know, the, the teams going out to um, the numbers that they are at the moment, how it sort of equalised the competition out. And, yeah. and the games have been great So because of the big concern around you know, the, 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 the quality of the, of the, the women's space and, you know, if, if teams sort of you know, will beat other teams by plenty. But it seems to be – doesn't seem to be happening that way. It's very, been a very competitive uh, competition. And, um, yeah, the girls have been doing great. I think that you know, if they stay healthy – um, big game this week against the Roosters, who are starting to find their form. Yeah, because uh, they ultimately they, they have been the favourites for the competition. So it's a big week for them. It's at home too, which is a bonus. Yeah, the, the Roosters, Knights, Raiders, and Titans make out the top four of the NRLW, all on three wins each. So it's only four and against that are separating. Yeah, exactly. The, the, but the, there's the a couple of four. teams below that as well as that. You know, it's only two points away. So yeah, you you got to. It's a bit like the NRL, the men's competition. The the, the sort of the, the the bottom four, or the bottom seven. They've got to keep winning. If you don't keep winning, yeah, um, you'll miss out. And I think that's the same with the women's. If you don't keep winning, you'll fall out the back. Karen Murphy in charge too of the Titans, it's which a, is great. Yeah, fa- fa- fairly fairly handy person to have in oh, charge here as coaching. Very very good. Yeah, plenty <laughs> of experience and and a great person. Outstanding. Well, I know Vanessa is tapping her toes because it's well past news time. Hopefully we can catch up. Mel, thank you for dropping by and great news for the the kangaroos and the international calendar as well. So fantastic stuff. Looking forward to talking to you from afar. Uh, Yes. And tomorrow, of course, you've got the throat. Well, I mean, come and visit. Don't be a stranger. You know, we we, we love this. But, of course, the throwdown tomorrow uh, at midday here on SEN. Mal Meninga, all thanks to Chemist Warehouse. Head into Chemist Warehouse for great savings every day. 10.34 time for a news hit.